Hi everyone. I'm Casey and I'm Madeline and this is MNC become MTs. Yeah, so today we will be talking about music therapy, what it is, um some of the different goals that uh, music therapy entails who needs music therapy and we're actually doing a two-part episode so stick around for the second part we'll, where we will be talking about um, the different music therapy approaches. Mm-hmm. All right so Madeline why don't you start off tell us what music therapy actually is because some yeah. of our listeners probably don't know what this is. Yeah so um, according to the American Music Therapy Association the Music therapy is the clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. And what does that mean? Yeah, that's a (laughs) lot of words. So uh, breaking that down a little bit, and I'll explain each phrase. So Clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions. So what that means basically is um, that there are various music therapists who have conducted research to find the effectiveness of various music interventions. And then we, as music therapists, take that research, we read and study it, and then we create and implement interventions that are based off of that evidential success that they found in the research. Um, So clearly the interventions (laughs) that we use um, aren't just, don't just come out of nowhere. We really put a lot of thought into the things that we implement. Um, Sometimes a little too much thought. Yeah. (laughs) They take a while. Yeah. Um, So that we can reach the goals that our clients need to work on. So then the next part, to accomplish individualized goals within the therapeutic relationship. So we'll talk a little bit more about goals later and the different goals that we use in music therapy, but each each person is different, um, obviously, and each client or group's goals will be different because of that. Mm -hmm. So say you have a group of kids... Um, with Down syndrome. With Down <laughs> syndrome, yeah, or different intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, the goals that you have for that group will obviously be very different than an individual session with someone who's going through chemo treatment. Yes. Um, but it's it's like it's basically the same thing in school. A first grader isn't going to be learning the same thing as an 11th grader. Exactly. So just different yeah. goals for different groups. Yep. Um, so then... Oh, and we, we figure out those goals uh, that need to be worked on through assessment mm-hmm. um, and then treat for those specific goals through musical activities. So the next part, by a credentialed professional who has completed an approved music therapy program. So our knowledge of the specific use of music to work on individualized goals not only comes from our research, but also from our very hard worked on four years of music (laughs) therapy education, (laughs) Um, as well as our experience in practicum in college, and then our six-month music therapy internship, which we're in right now. Yep. Um, Four and a half years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, or even more. Or yes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then 
after internship, that's not all. We have to study for the board certification exam for music therapy in order and take that exam and pass it so that we can become a credentialed music therapist. And those credentials are MT-BC, which stands for Music Therapist Board Certified. Um, so yeah, that's what music therapy is. And Casey, yeah, <laughs> Casey, do you want to talk about the history of music therapy? Yeah, so actually the idea of music being a healing influence that could positively affect both health and behaviors dates all the way back to the writings of Aristotle and Plato. Mm -hmm. um, so music being a healing thing has always been known. Mm -hmm. But music therapy as a profession didn't formally begin until about the 20th century after World War One and World War Two, And during this time, this was when community mu musicians of all types, and I say musicians because music therapy wasn't really a thing yet, so they were just musicians. Mm -hmm. um, they would travel around and go to different veteran hospitals um, to play for thousands of veterans who were experiencing um, trauma, um, both emotional and experienced trauma. Ex experiencing both physical and emotional traumas from the war. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was soon evident that hospital musicians needed some prior training before entering the facility. Um, and so the demand grew for a college curric curriculum, which eventually became music therapy. Yeah. Um, so that being said, the earliest known reference to physical music therapy was about 1789. Um, some of the different... So that is, that is a brief little history on us. So as you can see, music therapy is pretty new, only really beginning in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the earliest or early music therapy associations, um, so as Madeline stated before, there is a music therapy association, the AMTA. There were some stuff before the AMTA that weren't that successful, but still very important. So in 1903 the first music therapy association. It was called the National Society for Music Therapeutics. It was founded by an Eva Augusta, and I don't know her last name, but it starts with a V. Very hard names. Um, unfortunately, that association was short-lived. So in 1926, there was a new association called the National Association for Music and Hospitals. It was founded by an Isa, another last name I can't pronounce, but starts with an I. Do you know how to pronounce that? Issa Maud Ilson. Ilson. <laughs> Great people, just hard names to yeah. say. And then another early music therapy association was founded in 1941, and that was the National Foundation for Music Therapy, and that was founded by a Miss Harriet Ayer Seymour. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said, these, these organizations were a huge contributor to the first journals, books, educational sources, and much more on music therapy, but like I said before, unfortunately, weren't really able to develop to an organized clinical profession. Um, but that's when we got the AMTA. So music therapy started to emerge as an organi organized clinical profession in the 1940s. And yeah, and the first music therapy college training programs were created in the 1940s, like I said, and that was in Michigan State College hmm. University. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the AMTA, which was formally founded and formed in 1988, and it was a merger between the National Music Therapy, National Association for Music Therapy, the NAMT, and the American Association for Music Therapy, the AAMT. 
So that formed the AMTA. <laughs> so many. I have this so many letters. <laughs> yeah. I have to say uh, softly. Um, so yeah, the AMTA United Music Therapy for Profession for the first time since 1971. Um, and I know we mentioned the AMTA before, mm-hmm. but just a little bit more about the AMTA and like our mission, mission statement or mm-hmm. their mission. Um, the AMTA's mission statement is to advocate and educate for music therapy for the music therapy profession as a whole. Mm-hmm. AMTA publishes two research articles as well as a line of publications, serves as an advocate for music therapy on the state and federal levels, and promotes music therapy through social media streams. Um, it provides research, uh, biographies, podcasts, like we're doing now, scholarships, and newsletters to our members. Mm. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's also the – the AMTA is also the single – the largest music therapy association in the United States representing music therapists in the United States and over 30 countries around the globe. Wow. So we are pretty known. <laughs> yeah. About 30 countries. I 30 didn't know countries, that. Yeah. Um, really and Madeline, you mentioned the, the board certification before. Yeah. So that is something a little separate. Do you want to say something a little bit about that? Yeah. So board certification, um, that does not come from the AMTA. No. That comes from the CBMT. So, we have many, so many letters, acronyms. people. <laughs> yeah. um, which is the Certification Board for Music Therapists. Um, and do you, yeah, do you have so something more to it say was, about that? It became a, th- came a thing in about 1983, and it was created in order to strengthen the credibility of music therapy as a profession to ensure the competency and credentials of music therapists. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, like I said before, like during World War One and World War II, when all these musicians were doing music, they needed to find a way to di- differentiate, differentiate. Thank you, um, <laughs> musicians from music therapists. And that's mm-hmm. – so basically this board certification program was created to do that difference. So we can take yeah. a test in order to properly treat all our clients and patients. And I think also it was um, to make it all organized yeah. and the same mm-hmm. for all music therapists to have the same credential. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we work hard to get those letters by our names. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, Madeline, who who gets music therapy? Yeah. <laughs> So really anyone and everyone, mm-hmm. um, so many people that receive music therapy um, from preemies in the neonatal intensive care unit um, all the way to nursing homes and end of life care. Mm-hmm. So adults, I'll, I'll just go through a list. <laughs> adults and children with intellectual disabilities Um, adults and children with mental, emotional, or behavioral disorders, which we work a lot with, Mm -hmm. um, adults and children who have experienced trauma, uh, who have physical disabilities, autism, Alzheimer's, dementia, sensory disorders, Parkinson's disease, um, there are so much more. That's just a short list. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then also... Uh, neurotypical children in schools for early intervention. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there are a lot more than that, but those are just some that I could think of. Um, And then 
where we do music therapy with them. Um, Everywhere and anywhere, basically. <laughs> same thing, yeah. So hospitals, uh, specifically cancer centers, neurorehabilitation, psych centers, um, and then there's schools where we work with uh, neurotypical and atypically developing children, and then also mixed mm -hmm. um, neurotypical and atypically, which is like our yeah. uh, sessions. But also don't confuse if you see a music therapist in a school. Don't confuse them for a music teacher. Yeah. we There are completely different goals that we do. Exactly, yeah. Like we said before, we uh, put our research in and make sure we're working on those mm -hmm. different goals. We aren't just teaching music. Yes. We're teaching behaviors. Yes. <laughs> Trying um, to. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, nursing homes, hospice care, which a common misconception, hospice care is not just for the elderly. Um, Unfortunately. Sadly, yes. it's also for – it can be for kids even. Um, it's anyone who has six months or left to live. And if you have six months or more, that's called um, palliative care. Okay. Yeah, I learned this all with my dad. So palliative care is when you don't – they don't really know how much longer you have, but it's longer than six months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also substance abuse rehab centers, which we're also at, mm -hmm. uh, community centers. So um, I've never experienced this, but I there was a student at my school. She was a master's student, and her uh, project, for her project, she created a choir um, with cancer patients, actually, I think. It wasn't... A, I was going to segue into intergenerational uh -huh. choirs, but that wasn't what it was. But she did create a choir. Um, it might have been at a community center, but I'm not sure. What were certain goals she worked on, like in a choir? That would be um, probably like creating group cohesion and okay. promoting social support. Interesting. Um, because oh, they've yeah, all been through sense. the same yeah. thing. Um, and then That's cool. there are also intergenerational choirs. That's a big thing that mm -hmm. music therapists do. Um, and that would probably take place at community centers. And then there are also adult daycare centers um, for adults with intellectual disabilities. And then our favorite <laughs> forensic <laughs> facilities. Yeah. Forensic facilities. And then there's also in-home music therapy where music therapists go to uh, clients' homes and do therapy there. And then we also have therapists come to the music therapy, or clients, clients come, come to the music therapy <laughs> office and do yes, mu so music therapy there. So, yeah, so everywhere. many different settings. Um, we are always on the move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you haven't seen a music therapist or you haven't, you didn't think you've ever seen one, you've probably seen yeah. one walking around somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Usually usually somebody carrying a big bag of instruments. Mm -hmm. So those are some people and places. What are some of the goals, Casey, that we work on? So from according to the AMT website, AMT. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> AMTA. AMTA. We're all out of acronyms. I know. I'm all out of the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> there are a laundry list of goals that mm -hmm. we as music therapists work on. But as Madeline stated before, it all depends on 
who you're working with. So obviously maybe some goals I work on with Madeline aren't going to be the same goals she would work on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and redraw the whole list of every single goal we worked on. I just figured we'd touch on a few that we personally have been working on a lot in our internship with what we see. Um, so we work on a lot in on affect emotions and mood. We work on um, managing and maintaining aggression along with decreasing anxiety, anxiety. In some of our younger groups in school, we focus a lot on attention. That would be focused attention, sustained, selective, alternating, and divided attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, I have done a few bereavement sessions. Um, those are really interesting, coping mm-hmm. coping with grief and loss. I've actually never lost. done that before. Yeah, I did actually my first one last week. Um, so that mm-hmm. was so cool to be able to explore different goals because, you know, we're used to doing like, oh, sustained attention and like managing anxiety so it's Mm -hmm. cool to be able to explore different goals with um different patients yeah um so going along with that we also work on a lot of coping skills we do a lot of coping skills in our psych centers Mm -hmm. um we try to decrease or manage depression we work on family dynamics um executive functions so that's like decision and problem solving we do a lot of impulse control especially with our groups our younger kids Mm -hmm. um group cohesion. We do a lot of drumming. Um, Again, in our younger groups, we focus on memory, so memory recall. We also um, try to facilitate and encourage different creative responses, um, increase self-esteem, stress management, verbal and nonverbal communications, along with um, honing in on specific support systems and other social skills. Mm -hmm. So like I said, that's just a few that we work on we obviously work on more and there are so many other goals yeah um it just depends on who you work with yeah Yeah. i would say to add to that i feel like with our kids we also work a lot with motor skills and we do yeah um, developing their fine and gross motor Mm -hmm. skills through dancing or drumming drumming through counting yeah doing counting songs to work on their um fine motor finger skills. <laughs> yeah, you you would be really surprised. I had a client last year, or no, this was a few years ago. <laughs> he wasn't able to really use his hands and through different drumming interventions each week, we were able to build his fine and gross motor skills. And yeah. by the end of my time with him, he was able to play a drum and then also mm-hmm. like hold a pencil, which was like yeah. mind blowing because we never thought that would be a thing. But through music therapy, of course. we were able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's it. That was a lot. Yeah. So thank you all for sitting through that. And we hope that this helped you really understand what music therapy is. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we said, this is a two-part po- two podcast. So if you all stay tuned for the next one, coming right up, we're going to talk about the different approaches of music therapy. Yeah. So there are many different approaches. Um, so we figured we'd just go through them. So anybody thinking of going to school for music therapy, different schools study different approaches. So you need to Mm -hmm. know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening and we will hear from you all soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.